As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. It's time for your weekly dose of Wayne's Comics. Welcome to episode 372 of the Wayne's Comics Podcast. Thanks so much for listening. This week is a special week here at the podcast because I talk with Shelby Webb and her dad, Jason, about their hopeful comic called Sugar Glider and the Ex-Ambassadors. The two have created a comic that can help teens deal with concerns some face every single day. Now, Shelby is 13 years old and a very creative teen who is making a difference by working with her dad to make this comic happen, among other things. We talk about the first two issues of the book, which are out now, how they bring each issue together, how they're getting the word out about the book, and what we can expect from them in the months ahead. I highly recommend you go to the link that's on the website and support this book because I think it can make a huge difference. There's a lot to get to in this episode, so let's get on with the show. Great to welcome to the podcast, Shelby Webb and her father, Jason Webb. How are you guys doing? Let's start out with Jason. Doing fairly well. Thank you so much for having us on the show. And Shelby, how are you? I'm doing good. It's good to talk with you. Now, Shelby, we're talking because you have a comic. And according to the news release, are you still 13 or is that past? Yes, I'm still 13, just recently. All right. Wow. And you live in Utah. Yes. More than that, we won't say. But uh, according to the information I originally got, it says you've always loved art and finding a way to be creative. I have to ask, you know, it says in here you've been a reporter for a newspaper and stuff like that. Yeah. Why did you choose to go with making a comic? 
when I was in fourth grade, my dad's best friend, whom I was very close to, uh, committed suicide. Mm. And it was very hard on an 11-year-old, mm. you can imagine, mm-hmm. to lose someone so sudden like that. Mm-hmm. And during the grieving period, I actually was bullied very severely to the point of like death threats and stuff by a peer of mine. Why? And so, Do you mind if I ask why? I mean, why in the world, if you're grieving, if you've lost somebody, would somebody try to make death threats? Uh, we actually think that the girl has some problems. Okay, okay. Like, something probably going on in her home life or something, but... Okay. All we can do is assume. Yeah, right. So, why a comic? That's the interesting thing. My parents put me into therapy for it because they could see a light go out in my creativity. And I'd always loved writing. Even before I could spell, I would have a, a friend of mine who was a grade older than me actually spell for me even though she was no better than me so I've always I've always loved to write and so while I was going to therapy I found that it was a great coping mechanism for me was to write and so I started to write sugar glider and after I was you know doing better uh still a little not doing very well but if I I was a little better Mm -hmm. we started to say you know we can really use this for something good we could really help other people like me, mm-hmm. uh, with what they're going through and understand that they aren't alone. Mm-hmm. Now, what, why don't you tell people what Sugar Glider is? So Sugar Glider is a comic about Dora McKenzie, a high school student who, when it goes into the mountains, while she's up there, there's a meteor shower that gives her powers of super speed, height metabolism, and enlarged empathy. Mm-hmm. That enlarged empathy helps her deal with the antagonists in the story, which are personifications and problems that teens face. Mm-hmm. The one that we're focusing on in this certain story arc is self-image. But we'll be doing other ones like peer pressure, mental illness, bullying, LGBTQ, suicide, etc., etc. But Sugar Glider, instead of beating up the antagonists and putting them in jail like your typical average superhero, she wants to actually help them with what they're going through. It's a very unique comic. Yeah, I'd say it's interesting because I have some friends who are women... And they always want the main character, if she's a female, to be maternal in nature. You know, always consoling people, trying to talk their troubles out. And, you know, I I always kind of think that limits. And sometimes when you make a woman, she can only be maternal. Then you, you know, men can be scoundrels. Men can be scientists. Men can be idiots. You know, all kinds of stuff. But But to limit a woman to that. But, you know... In your case, I think what you're doing is really smart because you're making somebody who is going against the type. I mean, let's say, because, you know, in comics, we all expect fights and, and, and all that kind of good stuff going on. But instead, what you're doing is you're actually reasoning through some situations and stuff like that, which I think is, you know, for a 13-year-old, that's fantastic. I think it's wonderful. Yeah. All right, so Sugar Glider, according to what I'm reading, is you started in 2018. You've been at several comic conventions. Yes. What was that like for you? I mean, you know, you're 13, and that's kind of young for this kind of good stuff. And comic conventions can be overwhelming if it's your, like your first time. What was it like when you started going to conventions? Definitely never been my first time. Uh, I've been going since I was, what, nine? Oh, yeah, like nine. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's actually a convention in Salt Lake. It's a fairly large one. Definitely not one of the largest, but it's a fairly big one. 
And it's it's great to grow up with such a good con like that and to have it's twice a year. Mm-hmm. It's called Fenex and we've met tons of famous people through cons and stuff. I've always gone to cons each year. Mm-hmm. Wow. Uh, so it definitely wasn't a new thing for me. I we knew what we were doing. Oh good. But it was our first cons actually having a booth. Mm. So it was very different. We get we didn't get to walk around and really enjoy the con for what it was. Mm-hmm. We were stuck in a small little booth the whole time. Mm-hmm. It was so fantastic because we love traveling. We're like gypsies. We love to travel and stuff. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Well, that's good because so, I also help out with a, a comic book. Uh, my roommate makes a, a comic book called Stabity Bunny, which is uh, about a, a young girl and her grandmother and mom and stuff like that. And so I've had to sit behind tables as well. You know, when you go, when you're in front of the table, it's kind of a, a, a real experience. But when you got to go behind the table, you have to think a little differently. Yeah. So that's cool that you guys got to do that. Uh, how many cons have you been to where you've been behind the table now? Um, so four. Four so four. far. Okay. That's good. Now, and is that one is the biggest one you've been to? I think Denver was the biggest. Yeah, that would make sense. Yeah. Uh, I think it was... Denver was the biggest, then Salt Lake, then Houston. We went to Houston Fandemic. Mm. And it was a fairly small con. They had lots of uh, like big celebrities like Yondu, Michael oh. Rooker, um, Drax. Mm-hmm. I can never remember. Dave Bautista. Dave Bautista. Okay. Okay. They had lots of big celebrities there, but it was a very small con. And then we went to Snake River. Mm. which was even smaller. But Snake River is probably, like, the best con because they treated us the best. We had a li- liaison who we are very close with now. So it was that was probably the most enjoyable, even though it was very small. Now, when you go there, do you sell copies of your book? Yeah. Okay. How, well, I saw uh, you guys made available to me images that I could read, and I really enjoyed it. But I'm always interested. I mean, do you sell it as one collected book? And if you do, how much do you sell it for? So right now we currently have two books. Okay. Uh, each of them have a new standard variant cover. Mm-hmm. And then the second book has a blank cover for you to take around for artists to draw on. And we also have a metal cover for the second newsstand. So it's the newsstand cover, same thing, but it's um, made with metal instead, like real metal. Mm-hmm. So okay. we have lots of covers and stuff. And when we come up, when we finish the story arc, which is going to be like five or six comics, it's we're going to make it into a trade trade paperback. Oh, good. Okay. Hardcover or, or just a, a soft cover? Probably soft cover. Um, depends on where we are at financially and uh, if we can do a Kickstarter or whatever to to get the funds to. To print it, it might be hardcover or it might just be paperback. Okay. Well, that makes sense. You know, your first one is usually not a hardcover. Right. So that's a good thing to do. Now, I usually do this last in the in the interview, but I thought I'd go ahead and do it first just so people know. If somebody wants to get copies of Sugar Glider, how do they do that? The best thing right now, um, our website is under construction. So right now, the best thing to do is to follow us on Facebook um, which is uh, Sugar Glider Comic, and that would be singular. Um, that's usually the best uh, way to get a hold of us right now. 
Um, once the website is fully completed, uh, we'll announce it on that Facebook page. Okay. Very good. Do you do any other social media or is it pretty much Facebook? Uh, we do Facebook. We do Twitter and uh, Instagram. Um, but uh, mostly Facebook is where we can be seen. Uh, Shelby is starting to do uh, daily live videos, hmm. which are really fun because um, as Sugar Glider is a, is a, a high school teenager, um, we felt that it was important for people to not only understand that it is a high school teenager that's in the comic book, but it's also a, a teenager who is writing it as well. And so they kind of get to know Shelby on a on a more personal level. So it's not just talking about the comic in these lives. It's talking about actual real life events. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, the, let's talk about the book. So I want to get into some of the characters. It's called Sugar Glider featuring ex-ambassadors. Yeah. Sugar Glider is, and I, I noticed the way that the, 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 the story explains how she gets her name. And I like that a little bit because she has a, a, an outfit that allows her to glide. Yeah. And the sugar, do you want to talk a little bit about how the sugar comes into it? The sugar glider? Yeah, how, why is she called sugar glider instead of just glider? So um, her best friend, Ed, Edgar, who is actually based off my dad's best friend who committed suicide, mm. has a pet sugar glider mm. named Sarah Jane. Mm. And Jordan and Edgar are very close, and Sarah Jane is just the sweetest little thing. And so while Jordan is... Uh, saving ex ambassadors, which is a famous famous band, they ask her who she is, and she sees Sarah Jane sitting in Edgar's hoodie, and she just says, "Call me Sugar Glider." Mm-hmm. And a Sugar Glider is a small marsupial. Mm-hmm. We actually have two of them, Flash and Chloe. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are small marsupial that has uh, a small flap of uh, membrane that, when they jump off, when they jump off something, they can actually glide. Hmm. So that's basically the same thing that Sugar Glider does is she can build up enough momentum to where she's actually picked off the ground by her gliding wings. Mm -hmm. Very cool. I like the costume. Who designed the costume? I'd be interested to know that. I did. I designed the costume. Oh, green and purple. That's an interesting color scheme because, you know, it's not a very, not many heroes in comics have that. So I thought that was nice to see something different. Yeah, my dad's favorite color is purple. My mom's favorite color is green. My favorite colors are purple and green. Mm. And I love how they go together. And plus, I just really love the colors. They're both really beautiful colors. Mm-hmm. So that's what I went with was my favorite colors. Very typical of me. Now, of course, Jordan is the main character, and she's a sugar glider. Talk about who Jordan is. I mean, did you base her on you, on someone you know? You talked about somebody else that you based a character on. Yeah. D- did you base it on you? Is there someone you know that you're basing this on? How did you come up with the character? So we basically came up with the character for her actual personality. Mm-hmm. Uh, we didn't base it off anyone for mm-hmm. the personality. Uh, I am definitely not sportsy like Jordan. I freaking hate to run and stuff. I despise it. Um, so that it's definitely not based off of me. Uh, but the looks are partly based off me and a cosplayer friend named Sarah. Uh, her family is very tied into the comic. I'm going to keep bringing up Dave in this cause he's the inspiration for everything that we do. Mm-hmm. She is his wife. Mm. 
well, was his wife. Mm-hmm. So her name is Sarah Jane, and so we named the Sugar Glider after her. We designed Jordan off of her, her looks, and my looks uh, together. But we we did Jordan's uh, personality because she's an adrenaline junkie, mm-hmm. and the adrenaline junkie would explain why she has all the wingsuits, mm-hmm. why she likes to run, mm-hmm. why she likes to actually, like, jump off cliffs mm-hmm. just because. <laughs> so that's basically why we came up with the looks and the personality. See, one other thing i got to ask, though, about that is the fact that she's in Southern California. I've been there a couple times, but I'm not as familiar. Of course, you're in Utah. You're on the other side of the country, so you're more likely familiar with it. I, 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 is there much opportunity to do gliding in Southern California? I kind of thought it was flat. Uh, well, there, there are places I'm sure that, uh, you can find that sort of thing. Um, but what we kind of did with, uh, with sugar glider is, uh, the very first, uh, opening panel of, uh, the first comic, uh, she kind of explains who she is, uh, and also kind of how she is this adrenaline junkie. Uh, her father is like the, the marketing director behind a, sports drink company kind of like uh gatorade or red bull Mm -hmm. uh and so she does all of this adrenaline type stuff because he does that sort of thing with uh marketing and things like that just like uh red bull and gatorade do that extreme sports stuff Mm -hmm. it's that same thing so she kind of got involved in it as kind of like a junior ambassador for uh his company Hmm. okay all right Um, do you guys get to southern california very often is are you familiar with the area very well uh southern california is actually where shelby was born oh. um, shelby's mom maggie grew up in uh san bernardino county mm. and i lived there uh just after we were married for about seven years uh, mm. before we moved back to utah um we have some family and some friends that are still in california um, some other characters that are going to appear in the comic later are uh, based on um, some good friends of ours that we call our uncles. Mm-hmm. Uh, our gunkles. So they're they're gay, so we call them our gunkles. Uh, they're they're in uh, Sacramento, uh, and so Shelby and I we we like California, um, but uh, Mom doesn't quite feel the same because she's from there. That she's kind of been. Uh, I don't know. Turn, She's been subjected enough been to turn, California. Turned enough away from California that she's glad to have left. Mm. <laughs> well, you know, they always say a prophet's not welcome in his own country, so maybe... Exactly. Yeah. Very true. But uh, the, the the city that she is uh, from is is uh, a made-up city, but uh, there are scenes where we, we talk about um, Donner Pass, Donner Pass and, and, and other places that are in in California and we'll probably bring up other places. Uh, Mount Rushmore has come up in our, our talks of, of where we want the story to go. Mm-hmm. Um, Devil's Tower has come up where that's the, the very first page in the comic is Devil's Tower. Mm-hmm. Um, so places like that will probably come up in the comic as well. So it'll be rooted in, in true life places, but where most of the action takes place will be uh, fictional. Okay, okay. I want to get to the ex-ambassadors, then I want to talk about how you guys put the comic together, because I think that that might be an interesting process. Who are the ex-ambassadors? Because it's, you know, Sugar Ladder featuring ex-ambassadors. 
do you want to talk about that, Shelby? Who are they? Uh, X Ambassadors is one of my favorite bands. I've had the opportunity to see them in concert, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they're a famous uh, rock pop band. They sing the songs Unsteady, Renegades. They were very popular back in like back in 2016 when Dave died. <laughs> so they're just a really amazing band who gave us a chance to put them in the comic and give us an opportunity to help us and stuff. They're really, really awesome. Uh, it's a trio. Two of them are brothers. One of the band members, the keyboardist, is actually blind. Mm. Wow. So they're very talented people. They're really amazing. Okay. Because I, I, that's interesting that they apparently gave you permission to be able to appear in the comic. That That's great. Yeah. We've actually met them. That's how we got to see them in concert. And we gave them a couple comics, got a couple signed and stuff. Oh, wow. Yeah. Do you ever get to, I, I mean, when they do a concert, do you get to, like, sell the book there? Or they kind of, they, they don't do that so much? Uh, the last time that we were there, they were actually uh, being, they had another sponsor there with them. Oh. Gotcha. So we were able to sell, but we're hoping the next time they go on tour, we will. That'd be cool. But we'll see how it, we'll see how it turns out. Very cool, very cool, because I was wondering about that What's their role in the book? I mean, can you talk about you know, how do they function in the story? So Sugar Glider uh, saves them from the antagonist mm-hmm. who felt misunderstood. She was angry that no one notices her. She's the embodiment of self-image. But um, she crashed. She crushed their gorgeous uh, Shelby GT500. And... Uh, Sugar Glider saved them and helped them. And so they ended up going to a concert. And then because of the meteor shower that happened, their performing arts center in the school actually was destroyed at some part Mm -hmm. in some parts. Mm -hmm. And so they threw like a fundraiser and stuff for Jordan and her school. Mm -hmm. And they'll eventually find out who Sugar Glider is Mm -hmm. and they'll help her understand the antagonist on a deeper level as well mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. very good that's it's nice that they're they're integrated into the story they're not just a group that go see yeah you know on occasion so that's a nice way to do that so now what i'd like to do is to find out because it says written by and has your name for shelby and then your dad i was just wondering how do you write the stories i mean do you talk about the concepts? Do you who who does the actual writing of the script and stuff like that? So I am a novelist writer. Oh. So I write very detailed. I write in paragraphs. I don't do bullet points and stuff. I write full blown paragraphs, mm-hmm. nice, neat. Uh, so I basically write the whole story from what I want it to be. I write a couple of parentheses in there saying I want the image to look like this and stuff like that but most of it is taken care of by dad so when I'm done writing the basic script I gave it to dad and he turns it into a full-blown script Mm -hmm. mom checks for like grammatical errors and stuff she's a a language major oh good yeah and then we send it off to the artists for them to start drawing it so, Jason, when you get the, the you know, her, her, her basic idea or her script as, as she puts it together, what you, you know, what kinds of things do you do with it after you get it? 
So uh, the way that she writes, uh, I read through it and kind of envision the the way that it should be written out in script format. Okay. Uh, the comic book is is very much like a, a a television script where not only do you have to write out the the dialogue, but you have to write out uh, the camera position and who you want in the shot and where you want the camera to be facing who. Uh, and so what I do is after I read through everything that I sit down with Shelby and say, okay, this is kind of where I see it going. This is who I see in the shot from what you've said. This is kind of where I'm going. And then I type it out into a script format and then we read through it together to make sure that uh, I'm writing down what she envisions in each of the panels for each page. Uh, and then it goes off to the, the artist for him to start doing the, the storyboard sketches that he then sends back to us to, to double check that that's where we're going before he goes into uh, the, the pencils and the inks. So how did you guys come across the artist? Was he online? Uh, yeah, um, I'm a, I'm a marketing major. Uh, I got my bachelor's in marketing uh, a few years back, and so I am very much into uh, networking and um, finding the who's who. Because in my opinion, it's not it's not the how, it's the who. Mm -hmm. So um, you know, it's not about me being able to do it. It's about finding the best person to do it. Um, and so I'm part of uh, geez, I'd say probably 10 or 15 different, uh, Facebook groups that are aspiring artists, hmm. uh, and, uh, just finding the right artist for it, um, reaching out to them and talking to them about, uh, their style, um, what you are looking to do and then kind of negotiating pricing. Hmm. Um, then also, of course, when it comes to cover art, um, that's a whole other ball game where you're looking at artists that are mainly just like a one shot where they just do a, a beautiful picture uh, and that's it rather than doing the um, the continuous stuff like the internal artist would do. Mm -hmm. um, and it's funny you mentioned Stabity. Um, our uh, first issue, the variant cover, is done by Ryan Kincaid who oh. did it Stabity. Yeah, how about that? Uh, Ryan gets around this guy. <laughs> he's uh, he's amazing. Uh, he's a really great guy. He's he's a wonderful guy. We've been we actually were when we were at Denver. He was uh, down the same row we were on on the other side of the con, and so we actually would send people down there with the, our comics that we had signed, saying, you know, Ryan's at this con. You can go have your book signed by him, you know, down the way. Uh, and so that was, that was really great. And we've been in talks with him on doing, uh, other covers in the future and things like that. So he's, he's become part of the sugar glider family for sure. He did the first concept art for sugar glider. He did, uh, the first ever headshot of her. Oh, wow. So yeah. we basically based her entire look off what he did. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. When we were, I went to, uh, I went to Phoenix, um, comic con, which is now, fan fest or something like that. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, when I was there, Ryan, I had money to spend and I was looking for the right artist. And uh, I, I walked the aisles in artist alley for like three days. Um, but after day one, Ryan was the one that kind of stood out to me. And mm -hmm. I asked him if he would 
draw an original concept and uh, he's like, yeah, sure, you know, give me some ideas of what you're looking for and examples. And uh, so I sent him some pictures through email so that he had them as reference. Mm -hmm. And uh, man, in about a half hour, he whipped up a headshot of, of Sugar Glider. And that's where her original look came from. Uh, and that's, we kind of joke that that was Sugar Glider's birthday was that day when he drew her. So but he's definitely a, a part of Sugar Glider in one way. That must have been something when you guys saw that for the very first time. You know, it's one thing when it's in your head, but when it you actually see it down on paper or someplace, you actually get to see the drawing and see it. Then, because the very first time I ever saw one of the characters in the in the comic that I helped with, uh, we had seen different drawings of him. But with the the guy who is the artist now, Dwayne Biddix. He sent a drawing of one of the bad guys, and I just looked at it, and I went, that's the guy. I said, that is, you know, you, you get this thrill, you know, this feeling of, wow. I said, look at that. And I imagine you guys got the same thing when that happened. That must have been a real experience. Yeah, it was really, it was really, really cool. We were all so excited. Dad, uh, I wasn't, it was just him at the con, so he would send me, like, pictures and stuff. Show me, check this out. Oh my gosh, it's Sugar Glider. That's, oh my gosh, it's her. <laughs> it was really cool. That's really great. So you you found this, this Ralvi Orion. He, he was on the internet too? Yeah, Ralvi is actually, uh, so our our artist for, uh, internal artist for issue one and the internal artist for issue two uh, are two different people. Mm. Uh, the reason that we did that is because we wanted to show uh in a visual type way um, perspective as in issue one is written from the perspective of uh, Jordan uh, sugar glider and issue two is written from the perspective of Lauren or the, the antagonist prism. Mm -hmm. And so we wanted to reflect that. Um, and so Marcelo from book one, he's in Brazil mm -hmm. and he's actually going to be the internal artist for book three that he's working on right now. And then Ralvi is uh, from Indonesia, uh, Indonesia. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's it's amazing to see how small the world can get just through just through Facebook. Finding these these wonderful artists that are outside the country that would would normally never see, you know, U.S. distribution or whatever, and here they are now having the opportunity to to make these books happen and and see their work actually published. It's really cool because the book that I work on, the writer is, he, he, Richard lives in Florida. The artist lives on the top of a mountain in North Carolina, and he really only comes down when Rick goes there to drive, has to drive up this really tall mountain to get him. And the colorist lives in the Philippines. Wow. So, you know, they've never been in the same room together. That's the funny part about that. But, uh, it's, it, you know, when you talk of that experience, I have to relate to that because that's, it's just such an interesting thing that, uh, you know, comics can be made without actually being in the same room together. You know, we always used to the old Stan Lee bullpen. Everybody was all together and they all, you know, they, they all talked to each other and did things together. But it's a different time now. But uh, it sounds like you guys have really gotten a, a good grip on how to do all that. Yeah, it uh, it took some work. Uh, the first book was definitely the hardest. And and as we've gone along, it's gotten a lot easier. Yeah. Well, you learn how to, to handle all those kinds of things, which is really good. But the Internet is a wonderful thing. I have to tell you, being able to communicate and to get the artwork back from each other. And, you know, 
it's it's just a, every day that you get something new, it's like a gift. You know, you get to see the drawing of the pages and stuff like that. Yeah. That's good. The, the, first okay. book, the first book was very hard to do because uh, Marcelo is from Brazil, and there's definitely a language barrier. So lots of Google Translate, right? Mm. Google Translate. <laughs> yeah, the, the first one definitely had that. Um, this book has been a little bit easier to where I've I've learned a little bit how to communicate with Marcelo to make it a little bit easier for him to understand. Mm-hmm. Or if, if I know I can't describe it in a way that's going to work, then usually I say, hold on a second, and I can Google a picture and yeah. say more like this. Yeah. So that's not the thing is Google is an amazing tool just for images. Because like my, what my roommate will do, my the, the artist, he doesn't understand exactly what Rick's looking for. Rick will actually take a picture of himself in the pose that he wants it to be. And it helps him, you know, visualize what he wants. We actually did we, that with Shelby did, a couple of times. We did that a lot. <laughs> very cool, very cool. Well, I'm glad that we're, we're, you have this kind of the same experience. That's a good thing because... I, I, you are now in the era of making comics and you know a lot of people in the old days it was that uh, if DC or Marvel didn't take it it wasn't going to happen but uh, so that you guys actually get together and make this comic happen is is really spectacular I really think it's wonderful you guys have put so much into it and made it come out where do we stand now you said issues one and two are done is that where we are yep yep, yep. you can get uh, issues one and two um, like I said, if, uh, if our website isn't up, you can always reach out to us through our Facebook and order them directly from us. Um, and we're definitely able to ship anywhere in the U S for sure. Um, and then issue three, uh, the release date on that, we're trying to time it with, uh, the same time that, uh, Salt Lake Fan X, mm. uh, spring one happens, which will be, uh, the first part of April. Okay. That's a smart thing to do. If you're going somewhere, you can make a world premiere at a convention like that. They love that, and the fans it gives fans a chance to, to make sure they plan to get there so they can get a copy or be in contact with you to get them. So that, that's a really smart way to go about, at least from my understanding. So that, that's a great idea. We're actually going to do um, a limited run of issue one with a, uh, a Fanex uh, image on the cover. Mm. So it'll make it a, a collector's piece that's exclusive just to Fanex. Mm-hmm. So that, that's something that people that are coming to Fanex can look forward to. Do you know where you're going to be in Fanex yet? Have they given you a boom a booth assignment yet? Uh, they have not done that yet. Okay. Usually booth assignments come out uh, just a couple of weeks before the, the con actually happens. So uh, we don't know where we're at. Hopefully it'll be about where we were for the last one, which was right on the main aisle. Mm-hmm. Last we did amazing we did so good in the last one mm-hmm. yeah good good let's hope you do better this time even and, uh, hopefully hopefully know, make some good stuff and, and make some more fans and stuff like that do you have a poster or a, like a banner that goes with your booth and things like that so we actually have four banners Ooh. two of them are of the variant and newsstand covers mm-hmm. for uh, issue one for issue one uh, one has the sugar glitter emblem and then sugar glitter all down the center. Mm-hmm. And then the last one has uh, the back of our business card. And it talks about all the uh, problems that teens face and how we're going to help solve them and all that kind of stuff. Mm. We also have uh, posters, hats, T-shirts, uh, 
cards, uh, vinyl stickers. We have a lot of stuff. Cool. Well, I have to yeah. say, because with Stabity Bunny, I, your experience is very similar to the one that I've gone through. He buy he's bought glasses. He's bought he has little bunnies, little little plush bunnies that he sells, uh, stickers. You know, all those kinds of things. And the the thing that's really good about that, it lets people know you're not going anywhere. That you really believe in this project. And so I, I, I applaud what you're doing. I think it's a great idea. And let's say somebody doesn't happen to care about comic books, but they see the T-shirt and they go, they like the look of it. They'll buy the yeah. T-shirt. So, hey, you know, that's the way to do it. And it gets the word out about stuff like that. Yeah, it does. Very cool. We had one thing. I'll give you one piece of advice that we did. We had these little backpack bags that you can get, and it had the word Stabity Bunny across the back of it. And when people put it on their back, what it does is it puts – on their back is like an advertisement. It's a Stabity Bunny, and people were walking around going, where'd you get that bag? Where'd you get that bag? You know, who is Stabity Bunny? And they would come to our booth saying they had seen the, the bag on somebody's back. Stuff like that. <laughs> something to think about, you know, if you decide you want to go with something else and add to your, your repertoire there, that would be good stuff to do. That uh, That is definitely a, a, a thought that we've had, so <laughs> it's good to have somebody verify that. <laughs> yeah. Now, number three is going to be out, you said, in early April. Mm-hmm. Okay, how is there like a pattern to how often you put a book out? Is it like bi-monthly, quarterly? How do you do it? We're uh, we're aiming for quarterly. Okay. Um, we we had some things come up during the the winter that uh, slowed down issue three from when we were originally uh, anticipating it to launch, mm-hmm. um, and so hopefully we'll be back on the quarterly schedule. So um, after that one, we're looking for one. Uh, during the summer, uh, either in August or September, um, with, uh, the upcoming conventions that we have, uh, we'll probably see if we can synchronize, uh, book four to go along with one of those, uh, conventions. Very cool. Very cool. Now, how many issues in the first, uh, uh I guess you call it mini series. If you're using book terminology, do you know how many issues you're going to have Four. uh, for a specific story arc? We're going to aim for like five or six books in one story arc. Okay. But when it comes to how long the comic will actually go on for, we'll be writing until we're as old as Stanley. <laughs> okay. That's a good way to do that. Now, you've got some topics already you mentioned in, in, in here about that, that you're interested in, you know, particularly related to teen experience and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Do you have certain ones that you're really looking forward to tackling in the future? I'm looking forward to tackling uh, LGBTQ because it's so close to all of our hearts. Mm-hmm. We actually went to Love Loud, and that was probably one of the best experiences I've ever had. Mm-hmm. Imagine Dragons is my favorite band. Mm-hmm. They're so supportive, and they their message that they uh, go on about is so true. Mm-hmm. And we're hoping that we can do things for the LGBTQ community like Imagine Dragons did with Love Loud mm-hmm. and help them with that. And plus, we have a very good character for LGBTQ. Oh. She's not, yes. She is not an uh, antagonist. She's actually very much a good guy. Mm. Because you can't really antagonize being LGBTQ right. the way that we are everything else. Very cool. Uh, but I think we're going to incorporate that with bullying. Okay. We also have a very great character for bullying. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm also looking forward to suicide uh, because 
we aren't very really going to antagonize that character either. Mm-hmm. And I really like what that character can do with their powers that they get. Well, I'm looking forward to all of the characters. <laughs> and, and, They're all so amazing and fun. And you're dealing with really important topics, too. I, The one thing I just kept thinking about is, is there any chance that like local schools can get a hold of the comics and maybe make them available to students? Because this might be something that maybe schools or, or youth centers or somebody could really use. We really want to spread it to, like, therapy offices, offices and, like, um, yeah, uh, youth centers and stuff like that. And definitely schools and libraries and stuff. Uh, but we really have to, it can't just be us trying to get us, get it into those places. This, the, uh, local schools really have to try and make an effort to, to support us as well. Mm-hmm. We've also considered, um, trying to, uh, Right now, our comics the the newsstand is is five dollars. The the variants are ten, mm-hmm. uh, and the metal cover we did at twenty. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have we have considered raising the prices just for the aspect of being able to raise money enough where we can donate copies to uh, to schools, to um, teen centers, to uh, counseling centers. Um, anywhere that that we feel that it might be beneficial mm-hmm. um, and so that that has been a goal of ours um, from the beginning but uh, for right now since we are a, a beginning business it's really hard for us to to try and donate uh, that money because the money right now is basically going back into the company in order to uh, produce another comic and so uh, raising the price there's that that tipping point of uh do we get a fan uh or are they going to be turned away because the price is higher than say a normal comic book um so we struggle with that mm-hmm. well i don't want to do too much inside baseball stuff but the the thing that's that it, there must be organizations that are interested in getting the word out and, and you're not being preacher kind of storytelling here you're actually showing us telling a story and that makes it a lot more interesting for uh, folks to read, including, you know, your age, Shelby. And so I, I would, there's got to be organizations that, it might take a little research, but if you could find some of those people that might be willing to give you some money to help with that, that would be really excellent. Because I, I think this is the kind of thing that could really make an impact. And I, I really think it's a wonderful thing. Well, anybody that's listening to this podcast, if you, uh, you have the ability or have somebody in your network that, uh, has that ability we are definitely open to uh to talking <laughs> okay so we've got uh april it'll be the one and then hopefully one coming after that i guess as you mentioned facebook's probably the best way to keep up with it mm-hmm. and we'll do that so I, I strongly urge people to go ahead and and follow them on facebook and to access the comics because i really enjoyed the book i thought it was a lot you know it it's it's not the, the biggest thing people who are worried about if it's not action-oriented is that it's going to be dull or slow, and it's not. It's very dramatic, and I really enjoyed the characters, and I love the way that you did things with the people, and we got to understand the people and see how they deal, deal with all these different situations. So I have to say that I think it was really well done. I really hope that it catches on, and maybe someday you'll find a, a, a publisher that can get you out into stores and stuff. That would be ideal. That, that's another thought. Is you should have them in local comic shops if you can. 
Yes, for sure. We have um, here in Salt Lake, uh, we we have gotten our comic book into uh, three of the major com- major mm. comic shops in Salt Lake. Cool. While uh, we are going to be relocating to the Boise area, and we have done a, a book signing there, mm-hmm. uh, and they will probably be carrying our comics shortly. Ooh. And uh, we've made very uh, a few trips out to Arizona, and so um, we are in the drawn to comics uh, comic shop down there in Arizona. Cool. Well, you um, guys are doing all. <laughs> you guys are doing all the smart things, I have to say. You don't need me to tell you what you're doing. You're doing good things. But I would say, you know, keep up the great work. I mean, this this book is going to be great fun, I think, for people. It's going to be informative as well as entertaining and interesting to read. So I think Sugar Glider featuring ex-ambassadors is a book to keep an eye out for. And contact them and, you know, get a hold of the comic. I think you guys will really enjoy it. So, again, keep it up, guys. You're doing such wonderful stuff. I can't wait to see what you're going to do next. Thank you very much. We've actually got uh, a special website that I've built um, just for listeners of the show. Um, That is, uh, it is Sugar Glider Comics. That's S-U-G-A-R-G-L-I-D-E-R-C-O-M-I-X dot com. Then slash... And the word the T-H-E hyphen offer, O-F-F-E-R. We have a special bundle deal for the listeners to the show that they can go and order uh, both issues of the comic uh, plus the variants and a few posters as well. Mm-hmm. Very good. I'll wrap up with the quote that you have on the inside of issue number two, a, a quote from Hercules. A true hero isn't measured by the size of his strength, but by the strength of his heart. I think that's a great way. And I think you guys are doing a wonderful job of doing that and telling that story. So uh, I'm really enjoying it. Thank you. Thank you very much. People need dramatic examples to shake them out of apathy. And I can't do that as Bruce Wayne, as a man. Flesh and blood, I can be ignored, I can be destroyed, but it's a symbol. Get the latest from the comics universe news, interviews, previews, and reviews. Listen to the weekly Wayne's Comics Podcast so you can keep reading your comics. That's it for this episode. Be back next time. I'll have another great interview with an excellent comics creator. Something I'm sure you won't want to miss. But until then, keep reading your comics. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. 
according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. 